Captain Slog, Stardate 9. Welcome to the continued adventures of Ensign's Mark and Eddie as we trek through all of uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Joining, us always, uh, joining me always, as always, in 10 forward is my good friend and colleague, Mr. Mark O'Neill. Mark, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I've had a bit of a week. Um, <laughs> I uh, I got the phone call back from the old the old brain people uh, saying, yeah, you, you're fucked up. Uh, do you want to come in and talk to somebody about it? So that was nice, um, but that was completely overshadowed by the uh, the stress I've had. Look, right, look, right. I fucking hate Christmas cards. Right, I hate them with a passion. I honestly don't think the human race has ever. No, that's not true. I guess they would have had some merit back in the old days. Yeah, like Victorian London. Yeah. yeah. When you were like, is my auntie still alive? And you get a letter every year and you're like, all right, she's cracking on. This just resets the clock. So, but, but the thing is, obviously, postage back then, like when you post something, it takes three months to go like down the street, right? So you're like, okay, so we can, we, and then you go to the whiteboard and you're like, right, we can track that sh- they were alive, that family were alive, at least in like late September, right? Okay, that's good. So, um, so now... And come next year, come next December, we'll, we'll know. And I, and I guess the point was people used to put activities and things. I mean, like, here's what the family were up to. That's that's nice, right? There's a bit of effort in that. Modern day Christmas cards. Dear Mark, Merry Christmas. Auntie Anna. Right? Wait, what, I don't... Like, you're not... That's not... There's no, there's no feeling in that. Like, you've done that out of a sense of obligation. I'm not going to send you one back. Sending a Christmas card, I feel, is basically asking somebody else to deal with your litter (laughs) yes exactly and one of the so i have a lot of anxiety surrounding christmas cards like on on in different genres of anxiety because when when you get it what is the acceptable amount of time before it goes straight in the recycling bin because it's going to go there anyway right because You've put no effort into this. You've bought a box of 400 cards and I am simply on the list of people to be distributed to. This means nothing more to me than the free paper the little boy back in 2005 used to deliver to my door before the internet was a thing, right? I I don't... You've not put any thought into this. If you actually had put any thought into it, like I fucking have asked you over the last couple of years, get two quid and donate it to my favourite charity. That's like an actual thoughtful thing, Right? But a Christmas, because yeah. yeah, and, and would you want me? Would receipt. you want me to fucking do it? Like it's not like you don't see me open this. You don't see me display it anywhere. Am I supposed to look at like a collection of twee fucking Victorian Christmas scenes on the front and just be like, "Well, good, I feel loved." <laughs> no, <laughs> a pile of shit. If you the, the figure for me is it's the figure of like, oh, I wanted to show you that I cared about you at Christmas. Oh, so you got me a present? No, 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 not that much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I Here thought is... about you briefly enough to write your name on a thing and then sent yeah. it out with a thousand other thoughts. Here is the least I could socially do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? I do think Christmas cards did used to have merit, but in today's modern era, to me it's kind of like a social thing. Like I personally believe cuz I don't like I mean, they're not going to listen to this, right? Because they're, they're not going to fucking decide that, that they have interest in my hobbies now at 33. <laughs> I don't like hanging out with my extended family, right? I'm sure they're fine, but their their values and the way that they operate and their opinions on things are just... Um, 
garbage. So I don't really, I don't have any, I don't have any time. Like I, I'm just like, look, we've done this. Like I, for the first thirty-two years of my life, or however long. I, I, yeah, we, yeah, I'm sure it is nice to see you, Carol. But, but do you really have anything to say that isn't just? If they're only fifteen percent of the population, why are they in more than fifteen percent of adverts? Like, why the fuck do I need to sit here and listen to this? Like, don't and 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 and, and, to, and, and but someone said it on Reddit. They, they they said like a family gathering is just a deadline for you to pretend to be your most interesting self to impress people that you don't really give that much of a fuck about and you wouldn't choose to be around. Which is is like so. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, Kenny, if you're fucking listening to this. Um, but I don't. But but I feel like a Christmas card is just like I get it. Well, I've I've never sent Christmas cards. I don't understand the obligation because I'm obviously somewhere on the fucking spectrum of I get a card and then the expectation is for me to send that card back. No, I get the card and I go, well, this is useless. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to do with them. Like even if somebody puts some effort in, like if an auntie sent like a card for it, it was like, oh, I hope you're doing well. What am I supposed to do? Send them back a message going. Actually, I'm fucking not. I've got a brain tumor. It's fucking stupid and quite offensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like, like I um to to be fair on my family. Like you're only hearing this from my side. I am self aware <laughs> enough to know that I am an asshole to be around. Right? I am. I am not fun. I'm opinionated. I'm fucking loud. Um, and I barely fucking listen. I have to listen back to these podcasts to remember what you have said, right? <laughs> so, so like, don't think they are. They are. If you know them, they're probably great. I am most definitely the problem here. But I feel like my final gambit is going to be because this was the point I was getting to. I have been texting and messaging everyone who's like, "What's your address?" And I'm like. Don't, I don't really want you to know my address because I don't want you coming round. But also, here's my address. But also, I've been asking people not to give me cards because I feel they're terrible for the environment, which I genuinely do. Um, I, 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 and I, I don't like getting them. They give me anxiety. So please don't send me them. But I feel like what's going to happen because my family um, like to get one over on each other um, is that I'm going to show up at some point in the next year and they're going to give me all the Christmas cards and be like, see, there you go, we're saving the environment, we're giving it right to you. And I'll be like, you've clearly misunderstood the fundamental fucking problem here because <laughs> not only have you cut down a tree, you've now taken a job away from a postman. <laughs> so, but my my thing is, I'm, I, I've got to, I, I, look, I, this is the experiment. I'm going to open the card, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to put it straight in the recycling immediately because really at the end of the day how different is that to fucking having it in my house for a week before I, I'm i like oh well it's time to throw these out I have kept one card over the years from someone who isn't my girlfriend because obviously she puts a lot of effort into putting them into writing them right my friend Nicholas gave me a birthday card in like 2015 in which he filled both halves of the card writing an essay that was like a dissertation of our friendship and that was amazing. I don't hate cards. I do hate cards. I hate the way that cards are bad. <laughs> Look, just, I hate the fact that you're like, oh, it's the thought that counts. It's barely a fucking thought. The thought is I remembered your name. And even then, my auntie Anna still insists on putting, like, quotation marks around Mark as if she doesn't believe that's what my name is. 
What does she think? Is she, does she think it's short for Markafen? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how have you been? Um, we had a dog. Yeah, it's arriving, uh, arriving on Saturday. Hey, um, yeah. podcast dog. Um, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I'm going to keep it for a couple of weeks and get rid of it. That's what you do with a Christmas dog, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Put it immediately in the recycling and see what Emma says. <laughs> and just be like, I don't understand. Isn't this the exact same principle of taking care of it for four years until it dies? Uh, it's, it's it's a Romanian um, rescue street dog because I like every decision that I make in life to slightly annoy the Daily Mail. Uh, <laughs> coming over here, taking away the jobs from good, hard-working British. But basically, fuck Battersea. Fuck Battersea dogs home, right? right. And Paul you, Grady. Have you ever attempted to... like? I don't know if you've ever attempted to get a dog from Battersea dogs home. Right? But you have to Only fill when out, I was drunk. So you have to fill out like a questionnaire. And, and the questionnaire is things like, do you live in a flat? And if you say yes, you can't have a dog. Do you live? Is where you live like? Uh, has does it have stairs? Yeah, like so. It's basically, there's a list of questions, and they boil down to: Do you live in London? If yes, you can't have a dog, right? And then on their website, they sit there going, "Oh, no one's going to take our dog." It's like back in the seventies, you could find a dog in a skip, right? Okay, take it home and just have a dog, right? Now we don't put now people aren't putting dogs in skips. Yeah, you don't have these fucking dog unions like you do now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dog they PC money. gone mad mate <laughs> back in the day a dog could use a ladder without wearing a hard hat <laughs> but you know what I mean like, it used to be like every. Was, I remember growing up in like I, I grew up just outside of London and I know everybody like was like giving away fucking dogs because like they just bred in their fucking like shed <laughs> on a lock in that they had in like fucking East London right <laughs> And it was fucking easy to get one. And now it's like, I oh, don't buy a dog. I go, well, I don't want to buy a dog because they're all designer breeds and they're a grand. It's like, adopt one. It's like, okay, can I have a dog? Yeah. No. <laughs> and go, but what we will do is we will email you regularly to tell you about how desperate we are for people to adopt dogs. Just not you. <laughs> not you. <laughs> the, prob- the problem is that Battersea Dogs Home hasn't moved forward with the times. Back in 1997, they released Pokemon, which really satiated a lot of people's need to fight dogs. So, like, are they worried that you're going to start a dog fighting ring? Because they don't have to be. You have a switch. Do you know what I mean? That that but need is taken just, care of. It's also it's very difficult to start a dog fighting ring when you've already got several on the go. Um, <laughs> I just I can't. I haven't got the bandwidth for the extra admin. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Anyway, anyway, Star Trek. I so I legitimately. So I was walking around today, and I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I uh, doing nothing, and I was thinking to myself, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast later. But then I remembered I watched this on. So we are recording this on Thursday, just to give a, yeah. a look behind the curtain. I watched this on Tuesday, on Monday. I literally can't remember what this episode was about. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I record. I, I watched it like last. I watched it thinking we could maybe record this last week because we missed a week because uh, Christmas is a thing. Yeah. Um, and um, so I watched this last week and I'd completely forgotten until I opened my notes what it is. And now I'm looking at my notes. I was like, oh, actually, I kind of enjoyed this episode. <laughs> yeah. The part of this episode is Q tries to tempt Riker to join the Q Collective by giving him Q powers and seeing how that goes. That's right. Um, and, 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 and that's... I will say 
this episode starts really strongly because it does two things straight away, which is one, they tell us that Troy's not there. <laughs> and, and two, Mark, I know, like, I'm going to bring something up because like, I know you said you can't remember this episode at all. Do you remember the wallpaper that the Enterprise has? Like, because the opening of this episode is, like, down in, like, the bit where everyone lives. And it's, like, the first time we've been there. And the entire place has, like, the most 80s jazzy <laughs> wallpaper I've ever seen. It's, like, scribble stripes. No, I don't um, remember that. It looks like the side of those cups that you used to get. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. The, that's, yeah, that's, that's my main takeaways from the episode. <laughs> the um, Enterprise needs better interior design. My main takeaway from the episode was I did distinctly remember that Troy wasn't there and they made a point of it. And Laura out loud said, oh no, what will they do without Troy? (laughs) 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 So, Eddie, please please tell us the plot of this episode. Oh, great, yes. In fewer than 500 words. Right. I'll start Um, counting. Okay. (laughs) Q turns up. Uh, Apparently... He's very interested in Riker, who he describes as, and I'm going directly here, someone I noticed before. <laughs> <laughs> but they think Riker would be like a fun, they, like, they basically decided humans seem kind of fun. So he's like, maybe we'll make a human into a Q. Yeah. Picard won't go for this. Riker might. So then they take, they give him like God powers and test him out. And then at the end of the episode, he, he decides no. That's, that is kind <laughs> of it, right? Like <laughs> That is. <laughs> there's a there's a bit in the, is there a bit in the middle where they go to oh that there's yeah. a bit in the middle where they go to a planet and fight Napoleonic pig monsters yeah um yeah and I all I could think when they arrived there because the Picard doesn't go very specifically Picard is left behind on the bridge and when they get there I all I could think was like ah oh, he's done he's deliberately chosen French <laughs> <laughs> just because he knows how excited Picard would be. When Riker comes yeah. back and tells him about what happened. And I quite like that Riker's response to seeing him dressed up in like Napoleonic uniform is like, I have no idea what you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about the, the wars that a series of wars that happened two for like from his perspective, six hundred years ago. Like <laughs> when um when Q shows up, he is in because he, he never says that it's his true form or anything, so I think he's just oh, no. doing it to fuck with people. <laughs> he shows up yeah. as a crystal ball with three snakes on it, <laughs> and uh, when he says to when he says to Riker, "Do you want to become a Q?" Laura turned to me and went, "Does that mean Riker's also going to be a ball with three snakes on it?" <laughs> what what I love about that is that he turns into like his normal human form, and he's an admiral. And Picard's like, "You're not an admiral," and he goes, "I'm not an orb with three snake heads on it." But you didn't have a problem with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check me. <laughs> Q is Q is fantastic in this episode as well. Yeah. Like he's genuinely fucking hilarious. Like because he turns up, like it, was it, I've got written down the insult. He calls he calls Wharf macro head. Wharf. Speaking of Wharf, Wharf uh, gets a he gets a real go of it this episode. Uh, I wrote down in my notes some excellent acrobatics from Worf at right at the start because he jumps over the the sort of the second layer of the bridge. He sort of hops over that. That's, that was quite exciting. Um, yeah. And then I also at one point have written down this is this is how good I am at note taking. 
I wrote down the words, some real sass from Worf there, but I can't remember what it was in reference to. I think I know what this is, because there's a point where they're on the planet and Q gives them all drinks. Well, he gives Riker a drink, and then Riker goes, well, what about the crew? Because Riker's not a dick. Yeah. And he goes, okay, gives them all drinks, and um, they all drink them, and Data just looks at it and holds it, because he doesn't need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then Worf Porter looks at Q, and... Um, there's like something in the Klingon code of honor about not drinking with your enemy. That's right. And yeah. then like Q calls him out on it and Wolf just looks at him and pours the drink on the ground. <laughs> so I feel like we should talk about this planet, right? Um so Q comes on board, he says, I'm gonna go and test Riker. Um yeah. and they go down to, to like your standard season one next generation planet, which is California with the, the sky tinted green. <laughs> and um Here's two questions. A series of rocky outcrops and a stand one single background sky. Yeah. Because I got a secret suspicion. They're like, oh, we don't know if it's a real planet or if Q just made it. And I think Q made it, but also couldn't be bothered. I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's just standard planet template four. Um, so when he... Uh, right, so obviously the whole bridge crew goes and then Picard's left alone on the Enterprise. Yeah. Is the whole crew on that planet? Because Q, Q didn't. Q obviously told everyone on the bridge that this was happening, yeah. and then took them all away. Is there an ensign down in the lower decks just having a shower that's now just appeared <laughs> naked on on a planet <laughs> with no explanation? I, oh no, some Napoleonic pigmen. <laughs> I I don't know about that, but my bigger and more important question for you, Mark, is is how long do you have to be alone on the bridge of the Enterprise before you have a wank in the captain's chair? <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like you're asking that quite flippantly, but I'm going to answer it quite seriously. I have a lot of respect for the rank of captain, and I would only have a wank in the captain seat if I was the captain. Right. Okay. So what we're saying is, between them all going away and us coming back to the Enterprise, four, because, four wanks. Because... <laughs> oh. Okay, so you also spotted in this, right? Something really fun about watching Next Generation on um, uh, Netflix is it's the digitally remastered HD ones. Yeah. So you can pick up a lot of like details in the set that aren't supposed to be there. You're not supposed to know. Um, the the chairs, the captain's chairs, arms are wood. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know. I don't know why that just made me laugh. Like, is that like a custom option that Picard gets to choose? Because we, we do we do have the same bridge set for the entire series, right? It isn't until the movies that they change the bridge set. Yeah, I think so. Because they, yeah. they make it more Voyager like in the in the movies. I what do you do? You like the the next generation bridge? I yeah, I do. I like. I think the problem with the next the, any issues i have with the next generation ship design are not issues with the design it's issues with the flat sitcom lighting uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i agree uh, um if it was lit slightly better i think it'd look it would look cooler. banging but but equally would be a less functional workplace yeah no yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 that is one thing they do get right on voyager the bridge looks exciting um I actually genuinely think my favourite bridge, because I, I do like the next generation bridge, um, but it feels kind of, um, it feels a bit Rolls Royce. 
Now, obviously, the Enterprise D is the Rolls Royce of starships, right? But yeah, there's something about the original series bridge that's really kitsch and camp and like if I had a bridge, that's what I want it to be. I love that big dumb chair. I, I, I love I love the buttons that don't have like you like you, you would have to know what all of those buttons do like you can't. There's not a single label. No on anything. And there's like a screen that's just like a kaleidoscope. What the fuck is that measuring? Yeah. Like, give me all of that. That's 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 my dream. And I I, I do like the. Like, if I'm captain, I don't want someone sitting next to me. No, I want to be in the centre of the room, <laughs> elevated above everyone else. Um, I mean, when you when you consider it, like, the front of the ship, it's not like the the captain actually needs to, like, look at me like, oh, look, look yeah. at that asteroid. Like, it's like, it, they, like it's That's essentially... That's Chekhov's job. It's like an office. Yeah. It's like, because they don't have a bridge in Deep Space Nine. Because Deep Space Nine's bridge is just, is literally, like, it's an office, a door opens, he walks out and goes, what's going on? Nothing. We're a space station. That, uh, sorry, I should correct this, myself. That's that's Sulu's job. Um, oh yeah. Just for the people who are really angry that I said it's Chekhov's job, but then it might have been Chekhov's job, and I've angered those people further. Uh, who knows? Sorry, go on. No, D Space Nine. It's, it's just an office. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's either Sulu and or Chekhov's job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like. I like. I like the Enterprise. I like the the TNG one. I like it. I think in the movies it's a bit better, but. I like I've got no the, major problems with the next gen bridge. I like the the uh, the helm that you can push away to stand up normally. Oh yeah. And the next guy yeah, sits I down like and pulls it. I like that. <clears throat> it looks luxurious. Like that captain's chair looks far comfier than the one that Kirk sat in. Yeah, that's because Kirk was never in his chair. Like Kirk's Kirk's view was like if I'd been sat down for an hour, that's an hour I wasn't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> um so to to get so to, so they they're all on the planet, and yeah. uh, Riker and the and the team, they, uh, they 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 meet up with Q, who's sitting there in a Napoleonic uniform, and uh, he's like, "Well, that, he says." So Riker says, "What is this?" And Q says, "I plucked this from the imagination of your own Captain Picard," and I'm like, "Is this a game that Picard just plays on his own?" <laughs> Like, where he, does he does he pretend to be Napoleon? Uh, Picard's natural memory of the Napoleonic Wars, he's just replaced all British soldiers with pigmen. Yeah. Because um, that's what he thinks of the British people, Mark. I, <laughs> I hope... He's a space racist. A spacist. <laughs> I hope that that, that 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 planet isn't just something that Q threw together. I hope that's what Picard thinks France actually is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what happens in France once the right the wine runs out. Everybody yeah. just turns into pigmen and starts shooting at each other. Um, and then okay, so when they talk to Q, there's this whole thing that I want to. We really need to discuss. So Tasha gets zapped away, and then later on she turns up on the bridge, and it's like she's in a penalty box. And if anybody else disobeys Q, they'll go into the penalty box, and Tasha will cease to exist. And this causes Tasha to cry. Yep. At which point Picard says, tears are allowed on the bridge. Which does imply that there's been a previous rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Tasha basically says she wants to fuck Picard. Yeah. Got, yeah. So we, we have... Um, so what we got there is the uh, is in, in quite quick succession, the two uh, states 
that the Star Trek people think a woman can be in, which is crying, or wanting to fuck John Luke Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so um, I didn't remember Tasha Yar being as rampagingly horny as she has been throughout <laughs> no. this entire series. Like, no, it's, like it's like everybody on the has got like a uh, like in the office where they're writing this. They've got everyone's character on a wall with like a couple of bullet points, and under Tasha, they've just gone horny, blonde, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um... Look, when when one of us gets famous, there's a there's a lot of reasons that we're going to have to purge this fucking podcast from the internet, right? <laughs> but uh, I I wonder if um, is it actually because obviously we've been making fun of it because it's like oh Tasha has a tra- trauma, therefore it must be rape because that's what men understand women to find traumatic. Is it actually in a way you know the way that like Grant Morrison writes the Joker? Not as being insane, but in fact as having some rare kind of super sanity where he yeah. understands what's going on and that's what makes him crazy. Um, I like to think... Oh, Grant Morrison, they, I apologise. Um, but uh, I wonder if uh, Tasha is like actually kind of super woke, where it's like, you know what? You can get raped by several gangs and you don't <laughs> then have to live the rest of your life never being horny you can be as horny as you want you will not be judged yeah it could be that it could very much be that but jesus it's it's a lot mark that's like she's been we're we're nine episodes in and she's been horny in three of them (laughs) and and in four of them she's brought up the rape gangs yep (laughs) Oh. It's incredible that she didn't bring it up in this episode after hearing the word penalty box, which is what she was <laughs> described as by the gang. Well, <laughs> well Mark, <laughs> that's the worst. That's, well, Mark, late, later on in this episode, right? There's a, there's a. There's a moment where Riker is using his his new newfound Q powers to give everyone a present. Yep. And he gives everybody on the bridge a present, except for Tasha. Because if you're going to give everybody what they want, Tasha's, Tasha's would have been the door sliding open and a gang of men coming in. <laughs> Woof. Um... Yeah, so, about, so the wishes, right? So, so, so Riker becomes a Q... And as far as yeah. we can tell, the only reason that Q chose Riker to become a Q is because of Riker's ability to stand like a pantomime genie. <laughs> With his like yeah. arms crossed and his, crossed and his chin back so that he can nod when he's granting wishes. Um, yeah. So he he gives them all, and, it, and it's all... But the, the problem is, it's all wishes that, I guess, Riker thinks. Thinks. Because he, yeah. he gives Geordi back his sight. Well, Jordy never had sight, so he gives Jordy sight, and Jordy is like, immediately hits on Tasha. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> as is his wont. Well, she's crying, um, and uh, so he so he's able to see, and he kind of looks and he sees space, and he's all taken aback. But he, he, like Jordy, just he he just sees. I know, obviously, he's had elements like in his past of saying, "I wish that I could see." 
I wish that I could see the way that everyone else does. But he kind of objectively has better. He's a, yeah. it's a bit like Daredevil. Like he's he kind of has a better sense uh, of what's going on. So I I actually wrote down: Is Jordy would Jordy be as good an engineer without his visor? Well, the thing is, well, like we know that we know that the fucking uh, visor causes him to have constant headaches. Yeah. So instead of just giving him sight, you could just get rid of the headaches. Yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and then you have all of his like super sight, where he can like see micro cracks and shit, like in like, yeah. I think you're right. I think he's ruined. I think his gift has ruined Geordie's life. Um, <laughs> he makes he makes Wesley ten years older, or to put it another way, ten years closer to death. He steals ten years of Wesley's life. Oh, uh, see, I <laughs> I had a much different reaction to that, right? <laughs> Which is that he turns Wesley into what we can all agree is a very, very sexy twenty-seven-year-old man, and <laughs> I and 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 Riker says to Wesley, "I'm granting you your favourite wish." Right, that's those exact words, um, and he also says that Wesley, your favourite wish that you told me about during our long talks. Which is so. At some point, Wesley has disclosed to Riker that his wishes to become a sexy adult. No, you see, I think there's been a misunderstanding, and what Wesley thought he was doing was coming out to the only adult he could trust, <laughs> <laughs> and in doing so, was describing his ideal partner. And Riker was only like paying half attention because he's only actually talking to Wesley because Picard told him to. So he's just, he's got, he's like, yeah, they're describing this bloke. He goes, why is he describing this bloke to me? Must be what he hopes he's like when he grows up. <laughs> Do you know the only thing I think that would have been better if he then turned around to Dr. Crusher and went, and now I will grant your wish. And he nods his head and then Wesley disappears. <laughs> Not only disappears, nobody can remember he ever existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, can we can we discuss? Can we discuss? Because I think we need to really, really do dig into this. What 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 gift does does Riker Q give to Worf? Oh fuck, that's right. Uh, he gives him a woman, a Klingon woman, who he immediately punches. Yeah. Foreplay. Um. <laughs> right. So he's he's conjured this as he he's conjured this woman into existence. Yeah. She didn't exist prior to this. So Wolf's decision that he doesn't want this is a, is a death sentence for this being. Yeah. Um. Also, you can't give women as presents. Not anymore political credit's gone mad oh, do- yeah dogs need to wear hard hats it's not allowed um and yeah cause cause we've already had Worf's admission that he can't be with a human woman because he will literally burst her so he I mean I, 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 I can't really remember what is his reason for not wanting it her? I think, Not it. Her. I, I think it's because he just doesn't like the queue and he doesn't want stuff from them. Yeah. But also, like... Like, is she... All... Like, is... Because, obviously, like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I'm sure that the model actress that they brought in in Klingon Dup was, like, super hot. 
do you think that's a sexy Klingon? Like, do you think that do you think that there's an element of it that we are not getting, which is that that woman is a full ten out of ten? <laughs> like, it it would be as it would be as if Q offered me two thousand and eight Linda Cardellini, <laughs> and I and and the ability to punch her without. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's disgraceful that you would say that about Linda Cardellini. Let's go with 2008 Scarlett Johansson. Because, as what we know about her as a person now, probably. I don't know, man. Because, uh, was it too, cause, Why can't wait, I play an Asian man? Listen, Scarlett. Uh. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, I, uh, it's, it, yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He, I mean, I think, uh, do you know what? I honestly think Worf would have been happier. If Riker had just given him that pig dog thing, <laughs> you know, you know that they're like um, the, the the Napoleonic pig men that they fight. Yeah, Does, if, if Worf was the first person to see that, would he like go back? He goes, yeah, they look like dogs. Why <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all these dogs here? I am. Um, so I, as as I was saying, by the way, uh, so the, the the brain people phoned me today, um, yeah. and were just like. We were talking through like what what I need to go through be- before I can get counselling, because in in Glasgow they have a really good system where it, it, from your council tax you can access like four sessions of therapy, um, but they have to go through like a checklist of things first. And one of our things was like, do you have anxiety? And I'm like, yeah, I've got basically full time anxiety all the time. It's yeah, great. And she's like, <laughs> but I, I had I had started the conversation by going, I'm going to warn you. I mask all of my problems with jokes. If anything, it is literally my biggest problem. Um, luckily, she thought I was hilarious, which, again, in a problem is kind of just feeding me. Um, but uh, she says, she said, uh, oh, that sounds like that you got anxiety. What is your worst case scenario? And I went, werewolves. And I just stopped speaking for a second. <laughs> and she went, and there was a beat of silence, and she went, Okay, and then I heard her typing. I went, "No, don't type that." That's no, that's, sorry, that was a joke. They're not even. They're not even in the top five supernatural threats. You are a fucking maniac. Werewolves are the scariest things. What? What? Yeah, for two, what? One night a month. Ooh, I'll just stay. Yeah, in you that only night. need to get murdered once, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, just stay in. If I lived in a world where werewolves were real, I'd just stay in on the full moon. But, yeah, Sleep but, so, in a cage like, that night. Yeah, tell that, tell that to the guy. So the, the scariest thing I ever saw in a film, <clears throat> genuinely, is there's a bit in an American werewolf in London where a guy is waiting on the tube, um, and it's he's at like Hemel Hempstead, which I don't even know if it has a tube station, um, and there's no one else on the platform, and he gets killed by a werewolf. I don't know why, but I saw that movie when I was like far too old to be making core memories of films that have frightened me i was i honestly genuinely must have been about 12 13 14 and for some reason that image sticks with me to this very day i honestly when i watched that film because i watched that film fa- like fairly regularly every couple it's of a, years it's one of the best movies ever oh, the masterpiece it's, it's fucking incredible my, my favorite thing about it is that john landis will fight to the death that it is not a comedy <laughs> 
He gets genuinely angry about it. He gets yeah, angry. John Landis also thinks it's fine to kill children with a helicopter, so fuck his opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he, he gets as angry about that as Larry David does when people describe Seinfeld as a show about nothing. Because um, it's not. Um, stop saying that. It's not clever. It's No, it's a show about how a comedian gets his material. Well, it's that. It's, it's, it's so obvious from like the structure of the fucking show. Yeah. The thing happens later on that day. Seinfeld tells jokes about thing that happened. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's also about what happens in a world to people who never grow or learn or change. <laughs> That's what yeah. it's about. Um, yeah. So, oh, it's about nothing, because sometimes they go to a Chinese restaurant. Fuck you, the friends went to a Chinese restaurant. And do you know what friends is about? Shite. Um, <laughs> but so, okay, friends is fine. Anyway, you're sorry. Putting, uh, you're putting werewolves. It's not that. You're putting werewolves above vampires. Yeah, they're big. Who are a, vampires are a constant threat. Like it's not like what it's any time it's night a fucking vampire can get you. Uh, excuse me, Mister Contradicting Statements. There, <laughs> vampires are a constant threat so long as it's night. Yeah, it gives you half the yeah. time to be safe, mate. <laughs> you're yeah, you, but you know you, you let your guard down. Say you're watching an eclipse. Wham, they get you. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't like that. I, I don't like that they have the senses of dogs. Because <laughs> I'm look, I I I, I know you, you you gave me some very good news earlier about your dog, but I'm 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 truthfully somewhat ambiguous on dogs. The same way that I'm somewhat ambiguous on children, because I don't have one and never have in the past. I'm sure if I had a dog or a child, I would learn to love it. But um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Big dogs are scary, and they bark and they run on all fours. And that one used to be a guy, and 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 sometimes I think about like, oh, what if he's a just a real? Because the thing is, you never know what the person who is a werewolf is like. Maybe they are a murderer, right? In which case, fine, crack on. But what if they're a really nice guy, Eddie, that doesn't want to kill people, and unfortunately now they're a werewolf and they have to. Well, in that circumstance, you would assume that person puts themselves in some sort of werewolf cage for, like, full moon. And if they're not doing that, you can assume that they're fine with killing people. Have at them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, did ghosts, you... uh, ghosts are the worst one. Like, if ghosts were real and murderous, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. No, I take that. But, yeah, ghosts are infinitely worse than werewolves. But I feel like but I feel like if I'd been talking to my therapist and she went, what's the worst-case scenario, and I said <laughs> ghosts, it wouldn't have worked as well. No, to be fair, werewolves is a funnier word. It's got more syllables. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, go, uh, ghosts, yeah, but ghosts... Yeah, because werewolves... Did you know, by the way, I learned this, because I've been doing a lot of research into movie monsters. Did you know that basically everything that we know about werewolves, every bit of lore, comes from movies in the 1940s? Those legends what? just didn't exist. Like, even the concept of like a werewolf being the main animal... A human into animal thing. That that all just comes from the forties, from the Wolfman. Yeah, Silver that's like Filman. You, that's it's like when you find out that like zombies didn't exist. Like zombies were like a like even like the voodoo zombie. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't appear in like actual literature until like nineteen twenty. Yeah, like and then it's like literally the standard like brainy one that that's Romero came up with that. It's mental. 
Because vampires at least go back to as far as fucking Dracula as well. It's like all of this shit that we assume has been like stories that have been around for years. Yeah, it's just it's all stuff that's been like fought up in like the last two hundred years. Yeah, I want to find out what the real stories were. Maybe we got rid of them because they were all shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's like there's a great YouTube channel that unfortunately I can't remember the name of. I want to say it's called Lore, but I know it's not because Aaron Menke's thing is called Lore, and they're they're not connected. Um, maybe if I remember, I'll, I'll to bring it up on next week's episode. But it basically goes into the 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 kind of progenesis of um, where these legends come from, and it's super super interesting. And it's uh, it's hosted by a doctor of mythology, so you know that it's not just shit that she's pulling out of her ass. Because um, <laughs> if there's one thing I like in my YouTube videos, it's credibility. Now, what the fuck were we talking about? Um, Star Trek. Star. That's right. Yeah. Wolf backhanding a woman across the bridge. So we've done like the beginning and the end of the episode, but there's like a middle section where Riker has Q powers. Yep. And like, there's like a, a like they they they're trying to they've arrived at like a, a colony where something's gone wrong, and they're trying to rescue people. And there's a dead kid, and Q. Like Riker could bring the kid back to life. Yeah, and Picard tell Picard basically, and I've I've got this in my notes. Picard in this episode has a lot in common with my least favorite fictional character of all time, the Shredder. Which is, no, Superman's dad in Man of Steel. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that can fuck right off. <laughs> with his laissez-faire. Oh, don't come and grab me, son. I know I'm slightly. I'm near this tornado, and they're like, there's no way you could run, you know, slightly faster than a normal person, and people wouldn't question it. <laughs> you could get me back, and it would be fine. If I can't Make save sure. myself, I don't deserve to be saved. <laughs> Superman by Anne Rind. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have let the busload of children drown. Did the children have money? Well, yeah. have value to society. What were the children <laughs> going to provide? Like, because obviously he thing he he saved the oil workers from the oil rig. That makes sense. Because... From a Randian perspective. Look, it's going to take too much money to train up new oil rig workers for when we need to rebuild that rig. So, Superman, can you please save these people? Because <laughs> we've had this conversation before. Zack Snyder is an objectivist. Yeah. He, that's his personal philosophy, which is specifically in the world of DC Comics is the same philosophy as Lex Luthor. Yeah. A character whose beef with Superman is that he doesn't believe Superman is genuinely good because he doesn't understand the concepts of like empathy, kindness, and caring for others, which makes Zack Snyder literally the worst human being you could possibly have make a Superman movie. My favourite thing is when Zack Snyder tried to make a Lex Luthor and misunderstood so hard that he is in fact Lex Luthor. Um, that he just had to turn them into a fucking weird. Because I, I don't, I, I don't. We're getting away from the subject here. I don't really think that Mark Zuckerberg would be like our version of Lex Luthor. I think that Zuckerberg is just a weird kind of robot man. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Bezos could be. I I put it down to I I, I can say this. I'm I'm at a point with Zuckerberg that I'm using Occam's razor. Yeah. Which is. The simplest explanation for the fact that the man runs the world's largest recruiting platform for the Nazi party is that he's a fucking Nazi. And if he wants to prove me wrong, he could get the Nazis off fucking Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. All billionaires are a mistake. Yeah. Um, 
kill them all. That, there's nothing to follow up. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, kill them. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so, <clears throat> anyway, they, they give Riker a dead kid and say, can you bring this back? And Riker says, no, I can't. But then I assume he has the body sent to his quarters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. He could have taken the, the 10 years that he gave to Wesley and gave it to that little kid. <laughs> yeah. The whole point of this episode is basically if you have godlike powers, could you not use them? And Riker goes from, like. Like, Riker goes from not, like having godlike powers. Nothing major happens, and he turns into a rampaging arsehole in seconds. Like it's it's like Riker has been desperate to be this exact prick yeah. his entire life, and now because I don't know about you, but if I was given Q powers, I'd get rid of them, but also give myself Superman powers in the process. Ah, oh. oh, <laughs> see, yeah, that would be the compromise that I could be talked round to. Yeah. But, but then I do. I use those powers to do really twatty stuff, like just like come out and go. Well, apparently uh, Boris Johnson has decided the law doesn't apply to him, so uh, the law doesn't apply to Boris Johnson. Feel free to stab him. If I said the police trying to arrest you or stop you, I will stop them. No, I'd <laughs> I'd go one further. I'd be like uh, Boris Johnson doesn't think the law applies to him, so now it doesn't, including gravity. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I I genuinely this like keeps me awake at night more than the thought of werewolves. If I was giving ultimate godlike powers, like could I be trusted to not go in Thanos? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I hope that I'm never given them. I, I I think I'm quite a nice, quite empathetic person, but given the chance, I will kill most people on the planet. If I was given <laughs> godlike powers, I I. I, I think I thought about this a lot. <laughs> what, what, more more than I I very carefully mapped out my exact plan of action for a situation that's very unlikely to ever occur. Yeah. But what I would do is uh, I would just make sure there was an afterlife. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, there is a heaven, there is a hell, and my personal afterlife is neither. My personal afterlife is that I get to sit in a chair and watch the people who think they're going to heaven get told they're going to hell. Oh, yeah, that is good. <laughs> Tell, tell me you don't want a ringside seat to seeing people like Ben Shapiro get to the pearly gates and be told, yeah. oh, no, I'm sorry, son. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I would do. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's my new, that's the new dream. Um, Why do the phasers look like DVD remotes? I don't know. For, for, like, for like portable DVD players? How useful is that? <laughs> You know the muskets that the, the, the pigmen have? They fire like pretty decent lasers, right? If I was there and I was like one of the crew, I, when I got back, I'd be like, I've been thinking about it. Can I have my phaser made to look like a flintlock rifle? <laughs> I think I think it'd be neat. There's also there's also a bit where um, Jordy it sees them coming with the muskets and he's like, ah, oh, those muskets are no 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 match for our firepower. Uh, I mean, they're just they're just guns that shoot little balls of metal. And it's like, why the fuck? Look, humans haven't become fucking bulletproof in the last 300 years. They're still going to damage you. Fucking hide. 
we know that the Starfleet uniform isn't made of anything particularly indestructible because no. we've seen a lot of people get fucking destructed. Yeah, <laughs> what wearing? It's very shit. easily like, freezing. <laughs> Freezable. I was just gonna sh- shoot. I like we we've advanced quite a long way from the musket. I still don't want to get fucking shot with one. Yeah. There's very little difference between a musket and a phaser if one hits you directly between the eyes. Yeah, uh. correct. That's the that's the um, that's the 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 slogan for the temporal uh, like <laughs> division six in Star Trek, but just in Latin. There's no difference between a musket and a phaser if it hits you between the eyes. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in this episode. Oh, um, oh really? Q, Q, Q and Picard have a fucking Shakespeare off. Oh, and we just <laughs> Patrick Stewart signed up for that. Yeah, like Patrick Stewart does like like five or six lines of Hamlet, and it's it's fucking fantastic. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I'll, I'll be the first to say I don't really get Shakespeare. And I, I, I didn't really study it at school. I I get. I understand its importance. I can't really read it. I don't find it particularly interesting, but. On saying that, when it's delivered by someone who knows what they're fucking doing, it is yeah. mesmerising. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love Shakespeare. But it, the reason I love Shakespeare is because I go see it at the Globe. Teaching it as like books in school to kids is the equivalent of going today. Kids, we're going to learn about Pulp Fiction. So everybody, open your script of Pulp Fiction and turn <laughs> to page. Well, no, it's not. It was never. It was never. It was meant to be performed by I, talented fucking people. I would argue uh, that it's more like uh, a teacher describing a Spider-Man comic to a class that they can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, years and years ago, I when I went back when DVDs were a thing, I got um, the uh, just I got the DVD of the first uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man. Nice. And on one and on the options of that, um, there was the audio descriptions for the blind. Now, look, I'm not gonna shit on that accessibility for anyone, but it does raise a real question, which is, what blind person? wanted to watch the Spider-Man movie because that implies the existence of blind comic book fans um, which is I'm up for spending five pounds to buy it by a story which due to the fact that I can only read the speech bubbles will only last me four minutes uh, <laughs> I have seen um, comic book audio books really? yeah you get them you, you, you get them um quite regularly in truck stops in the Midwest. <laughs> uh, not a joke. I've been to a lot of truck stops in the Midwest. That is true. Uh, and uh, Brian Michael Bendis's New Avengers uh, audiobook was always like in the top five like CD collections. <laughs> but I, I guess, I, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, who, who are we to fucking shit on them. I, I remember a, a blind woman came into game when I worked in game um, and uh, I got I got chatting to her. She was there with like her husband um, and she was weirdly, she was doing like the, most of the questions um, and I, I remember her saying, we want to get a, an Xbox 360. And I was like, yeah, 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 totally. And she went, what colour does it come in? And I went white and she goes, oh, it doesn't really go with my DVD player. 
I'm like, all right. Uh, but then, but then it, she, she was, she, she actually was telling me about it. I was, I was, because I was saying to her, I was, I can't remember how I got into the conversation, but I was asking her about like audio description. Um, and I think I made the exact same joke that I was going to make earlier, which is I actually once watched the 2003 Daredevil with the audio description on, and any time there was a ble- there was a break in the dialogue, uh, the audio description guy just said, "Don't bother." Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, rem- I remember Daredevil being the first DVD that really like o- had like a on the box. I remember saying that oh, this is audio described for the blind. It's obviously well, thematically yeah. appropriate. Yeah, I'm um, guessing he's the blind's favourite superhero because um, he is he's he's good. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's like saying your favourite superhero is Professor X because you're bald and you have a debilitating disability. Uh, um, because because what a lot of the readers might not know about is that you are completely paralysed from the neck down and float around in a weird yellow armchair. <laughs> and we just we've just decided not to bring that up because you, you know why do you need to know that, listener? <laughs> no, my favourite superhero is the Hulk because Mark Ruffalo has the same brain tumour as me. So, uh, so yeah, congratulations! <laughs> I've got a decent conversational opening gambit for him. Other than that, oh. Other than like you're the Hulk, I'd probably still lead with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like me saying my favourite superhero is Rick Jones, the occasional Hulk, because sometimes I can be bothered giving a fuck. <laughs> if if anything, I imagine that that blind I... people wouldn't be appreciative of their devil because they demonstrably can't do any of that stuff. <laughs> I love in the Daredevil series where he's talking to um, Foggy after he's found out his powers, and he just goes, "Are you even really fucking blind, Matt?" And he goes, "Well, you know, he goes, oh no, it's like fire." But how many fingers am I holding up? And Daredevil's like, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of. Yeah, that's uh, that's this episode of Star Trek. That's this episode of Star Trek. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good one. I think it actually does. It is a proper Star Trek episode because it does deal with a proper, yeah, c- like Trek concept. Yeah, what like, is that? Oh, what does a human do if if they get godlike powers, powers? And the first thing is refer to your commanding officer by his first name. <laughs> the thing is, as well, it's like the big revelation we're supposed to take away is: oh, if you give godlike powers to a human like Riker, it would just be a bit of a dick. Yeah. Unlike unlike Q, who has those powers already and is a bit of a dick <laughs> it's not like oh the humans can't handle it it's like no anybody with these powers turns into an immediate cunt yeah agreed yeah 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 anyway yeah thanks for listening and merry christmas yeah merry merry christmas <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing and happy holidays if that annoys you yeah good uh, right. bye okay, bye The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain's Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain's Slog.